This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jet in Seattle. Hey, Jet. Are you, Joe Flacco at quarterback? What the heck happened there? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, John, um, things have unraveled, and uh, this this is this is you know um, this is a problem. Uh, this is exactly what we did not want to see because we wanted to see him playing the kids. You know, trying to show some progress, some growth as they're going along, and uh, uh, I don't know. Mike White obviously is not the answer. I don't know how dinged up he is, but quite frankly, you're better off playing Mike White than you are playing Joe Flacco. I see absolutely no benefit in playing Joe Flacco, except the only positive I can possibly see out of this is you actually have a quarterback that can actually kind of try to run the offense. And maybe that will help everybody else that's trying to develop uh, around it. Um, but otherwise, it's like I don't really see any developmental purpose in playing Joe Flacco. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I mean, what happened to Mike White last week? I mean, was it the the hand injury or whatever it was? Because he played horrible. Well, you know, um, I don't know. He, nobody said there's anything about the injuries. I mean, he got a little nicked up on a sack towards the end of the yeah. game. But nobody was saying he had problems throwing the ball. It's just he was making ridiculous decisions. I mean, two of the passes he just threw up there, and uh, both in a double coverage, and he got picked off. One at the goal line. I mean, they're just ridiculous passes. One, a guy jumped the route because he was watching the route the entire time. And the fourth one, um, uh, uh, he just didn't see the, he just didn't see the, uh, the guy coming over. Uh-huh. So uh, I don't think it was anything to do physically that was the problem. I think he just really did, wasn't able to read what was going on. And I think uh, particularly in the first half, they were playing all kinds of games with him, rotating the safeties around. He just wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I think that was really the problem. But he looked awful. Um, conversely, I mean, the Jets, of course, a lot of it was garbage time. But they were moving the ball. Uh, they were running the ball um, only 70 yards because they didn't run the ball that much because they were far, so far from behind. But uh, the offensive line didn't really look very good. Um, they were missing assignments, and that, that's, that's the problematic. I mean, it, you know, whether or not they're overmatched physically, I don't really think that was the problem, but they were missing a lot of assignments, particularly, again, up the middle. Um, they've got to get rid of Van Rotten. Um, I'm hoping uh, Duvernay... By, by the way, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that a great name for uh, the way he plays? Van Rotten? Well, it's certainly apropos. I yeah. mean... Uh, he really has been a problem. Um, now, I don't think he was the only problem. I mean, Fant looked terrible. Uh, terrible. That's probably the worst game he's played as a Jet. But be that as it may, uh, the offense, in all fairness, the offense, I think, is showing signs of life. And uh, the de- well, we'll get to the defense here in a second. But I think ultimately, John, the problem is, is this. There is just too much first-year experience at every facet of this organization, and it's now caught up to them. The coaching staff is overmatched, completely overmatched, um, particularly on defense. 
Mm-hmm. They are not making adjustments. I don't know. Okay, explain to me, John, why they go and cover zero against a team like the Bills with a quarterback with a cannon arm right. and a, you know, a plethora of fine wide receivers, mm-hmm. and, 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 they're le- and they're leaving these poor rookies and second-year guys out there on an island all by themselves. Why? The only explanation I can get is because what? Because it's simpler? I mean, I used to do that with my kids' uh, flag football team because basically you just tell a kid, stick to this kid, stick to this kid, stick to this kid, because you don't have time to put, you know, implement any, anything else. Mm-hmm. But, Jesus, I mean, cover two? That's like NFL football 101. You know, I mean, don't, don't tell me you can't figure out a cover two. And, 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 so, and they left these kids hanging on an island. They're getting no pass rush whatsoever. But the thing that really can – so they're totally, they've, again, been out-schemed week after week after week. They make no adjustments at halftime that's worth a crap. And I think Ulbrich is just completely over his head. Yeah. Problem one. Problem two, complete lack of talent, <laughs> particularly in the back half. I mean, God loves C.J. Mosley. But, man, with Marcus May going down, that back half of that, that team is just awful. Mm-hmm. Davis has, has stepped in. He's been abysmal. They should just put Quincy uh, uh, um, uh, Williams. Uh, Williams back yeah. in back in a dead linebacker. At least he'll run around with his hair on fire. Davis has been terrible. Um, but the thing that really troubles me the most, and this is something we got to watch out for, John. Yeah. Is and this is going to be. We'll see what Salah can do. This is going to be Salah's big test because you watch the last few weeks. Okay, these guys know that they're auditioning for next year. Okay, mm-hmm. and so. They're playing the one-gap defense, all right? That takes a lot of discipline. And if you're a defensive lineman, you may not be racking up a lot of stats. You watch these guys. The problems that they've been having ever since, basically, the Colts game, these ends are crashing down, and they're shooting gaps. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is setting an edge. Nobody. And I'm suspecting these guys are selling out to make the big plays get the, the, the statistics, and this is my worry here, is these guys are going to start selling out the system, which is a highly disciplined system that they're not following, and, uh, and, and, and to, to better themselves. And that's the problem that Sal is going to have going forward, is try to keep these guys in a cohesive plan and keep playing the system. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing that. Um, and I think this is where we're really starting to see the breakdown. Is uh, I mean, Jesus, John, nobody's setting an edge. They're just running around... I mean, it's ridiculous. Every week we see them just popping off a tackle. Who said we're, we're, these guys are just shooting in? I mean, it's ridiculous. Watch mm-hmm. the films. It's awful. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's not good whatsoever. And, again, you know, it's like at some point. And, again, I, I like Robert Sala as a head coach. What do you think of Rex Ryan's negative comments against Sala? Ah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Rex is a buffoon. You know, um, check the ego, Rex. Yeah. Okay, you got a new coach. He's dealing from scratch. Rex, you were you were dealt a flush hand when you walked into New York. Okay, you walked into two AFC championship games because you were dealt a flush team. All right, then what happened when you started working that team? You ruined it. What happened in Buffalo? You did nothing with it. Okay? Yes, you're a defensive genius, but outside of that, you can't you can't gauge talent for crap. Okay? So so Rex, just shut up. Just, just shut up. It's it's, it's time. Let let Salah do it. You know he's dealing with it with a with a you know a brand new deck. Give him time. See what happens. Okay, that that's what I think about Rex Ryan. Uh, 
you know, uh, I, I'm tired. He's he's got to he's got to get his sound bites and good for him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's that's Rex. I mean, he's willing to say something, but of course, I mean, that was pretty controversial. And you can see that, uh, you know, Robert Sala did not like what he said, and you can see that the Jets didn't like what he said. No, no, and I can certainly understand and appreciate that, but um, you know, it's like you got bigger problems than Rex Ryan. So just just go do your job. But you talk about we talked about this way back in you know March, April, May. What's, Sal, what's going to be Sal's big challenge? Well, Sal's big challenge is right now getting everybody to play together as a cohesive team, getting everybody to buy into the system, and getting everybody play, you know, to play together um, as opposed to you know starting to become a bunch of uh, mercenaries and just trying to play stats. Because everybody knows that they're mm-hmm. just jockeying for position for next year. And to keep that, uh, that clubhouse together is going to be his key. And uh, that, that's going to be his big test and his big challenge. It's not about winning ballgames at this point. And then we just got to watch and hope. I think Lafleur is developing mm-hmm. as, a, uh, as, a, as a as a as a as a coordinator, and and I can honestly say that I'm feeling positive about that. And um, I think there's some signs of life on that offense. Yes, they've got problems. No, it's not perfect. But I do think as the season progresses, we're going to see a little more progress. And then what we've got to do is get Wilson back in there and let him develop. You know, let him just you know knock it around and and give get ugly and just learn um mm-hmm. and that's what we need there defense there's no hope right now there's no hope they, they've got nothing and uh the marcus may thing is just too much they've lost yeah too many players and uh they're playing basically without safeties i mean these guys don't know what the hell they're doing um and it, so it's just going to be it's going to be a chronic nightmare and if the off defensive line isn't going to honor their gap responsibilities uh it's going to be 40 points a game the rest yeah. of the way out. It could be bad, no doubt about it. It's just, it's just brutal. But, hey, John, before I hang up here, um, just want to wish you and uh, Mrs. Seeds all the best. And uh, always remember to be grateful for everything that um, you know we've had. Yes. And be thankful for everything we have going forward. And big uh, shout-out to, to you and your family. And, of oh. course, Matt is, Matt is just a special guy. Yeah. So no thank doubt. you guys so much, and uh, have, a, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks, you too, guys. Take okay. care. Okay, let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, John. Oh, that that's much better. That's good. That better? Yeah. How was date night last night? Uh, it was different, but good. I mean, we actually yeah. went to the Hyatt uh, here yeah. in Renton because, again, I, I needed to go there because at, if I didn't go there. Uh, you know, because I'm a Hyatt Gold Passport uh, member, is that uh, if I didn't go there by December 31st and do something, I was going to lose 60,000 points, and I didn't want to do that. So even though it wasn't you know an extensive meal, it was more of a happy hour type of thing. But uh, Pat enjoyed it, uh, Lou, our caregiver enjoyed it, and uh, it was okay. How was the food there? How do you rate it? Uh, I mean, again, I know that the it's it's debatable. Now we didn't have the main course. I mean, it was more you know like we had. Uh, I had a flatbread that was actually okay. Pat had a flatbread which was okay. Lou had you know, a Caesar which was really good, and she had a soup, wedding soup that was really good. So and and Pat liked her dessert. So uh, you know at least that was all, it was all right. Oh, good. Hey, John, did you happen to see any of the highlights of the Steeler line game? Uh, no, because there's no highlights from that game. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I can't believe believe the way Mason Rudolph. Play. He played like a second year man. 
Yeah, because like, there, there, there was no there was no highlights in that tie yeah. against the worst team in football. That was a despicable game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hear Ben's coming back tomorrow. Yeah, he is. It's official. He, they've taken him off the COVID nineteen list, so he is going to be back. Yeah, they're flying out west to uh, Los Angeles. That should be a pretty mm-hmm. decent game. But they and need ben, they need Ben to play well. There's no doubt. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm, I've never been a big Mason Rudolph guy. No. And the more I see him, the less I like him. Yeah. What do you think of the story about Dwayne Haskins? Kind of looking disinterested and uh, not working hard, and uh, you know, just kind of being bored. Yeah, uh, he'll be gone at the end of this year. Yeah, he's a lost case. They shouldn't have never picked him up in the beginning. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you you try. He's a former first round pick, and so you hope yeah. that he's going to be able to do something. But he's not been yeah. able to do anything. Yeah. Hey, John, me and my wife were over in the Dallas Fort Worth over in the weekend. Yeah. And I happened to be flying back on Sunday in the airport. Man, you should have seen all the Cowboy fans from all over going. They were going, and then they were coming from the game. Boy, mm-hmm. Dallas has got a huge following. They really, oh, no doubt. I mean, it's America's team, and so, uh, you know, they got, you know, one of the biggest stadiums and one of the biggest fan bases and all those different things, and so that doesn't surprise me one bit. Hey, are you going to that game tomorrow? Yeah, right now as it stands, I am. Oh, okay, because it's supposed to be dry tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why. Because, again, yeah. my big thing is I can't afford to bring anything back for, for Pat uh, you know, her in the wheelchair and everything else. And, yeah. you know, I can't bring her back a flu or cold or yeah. anything else. So, yeah, as it stands right now, I'm planning to be there. That's good that you're being safe, John. Hey, you have a good time at the Jane game tomorrow and take care. Okay, Mike. Hey, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Rick in Twin Lakes. Hey, Rick. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. You're absolutely right. This week is the week. The Seahawks have got to win this week. No doubt. Otherwise, it's pretty much, uh, you know, everything's down the drain. And we're getting ready for next year. Um, the thing that I was looking at, uh, I'm looking at right now, is the Seahawks draft picks. The history of uh, Pete Carroll's draft picks. Yeah. First year, Russell Okun, Earl Thomas, Golden Tate, Walter Thurman, Cam Chancellor. Second year, uh, K.J. Wright, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell, Malcolm Smith. Um, he was fresh out of, uh, Pete Carroll, being he, was mm-hmm. fresh out of college. And he pretty much knew who could play who couldn't play. He had connections in the college game. And uh, he got the word of, of who to draft and uh, who was a potential sleeper in the later rounds. Uh, but uh, I don't know if he has those, still has those connections or not. But you got, first of all, you got to have the players. Yeah. And, um, and right now we just, uh, just haven't drafted well, and the ones that we did draft are no longer with us, and they've moved down the road. Um, now there's a lot of talk about uh, Penny. Uh, why do we draft Penny? Penny, well, Penny was uh, very high in the voting for Heisman Trophy. He was re- relatively free of injuries when we drafted him. But some things you can't measure. Um, some people uh, think that when they get drafted in the NFL, they've made it. No, you haven't made it. You've got a chance to really excel, but you have to have that drive. Like Russell Wilson, you know, the guy is five ten. If he had to listen to what people say. He wouldn't even play quarterback. He probably would play defensive back or stuck with baseball or something. 
but he's the, he's that drive that got him to be the starting quarterback. It's the same one that drove him to to uh, get back in in four weeks and uh, want to start against the game against Green Bay. You can't fault him for that. You know, sometimes you got to hold those guys back for their own good. But having that, the other choice would be: Do you want a seventy uh, percent Russell Wilson, or <laughs> do you want a one hundred percent Geno Smith? And you know, and that's the call. Um, the other thing is the running game. People talk about, we need to run the ball, run the ball. Well, you just can't turn it on. You have to practice it. And I'm talking about starting in the preseason, man. you got to build that running game up. I mean, there was a, a coach we had that said it takes about five weeks to get that running game going. And we didn't do that. I mean, we didn't do it. We, we rested our guys. Either your guys are healthy, either they're too old, or you bring in new guys. But you got to build that running game and, and this repetition. Is learning repetition and everything, so it's just not uh, the same thing. Um, but we, and the other thing is play your best guys. Uh, I'm really disappointing in um, the defensive end we got from Cincinnati. What's his name? Dunlop. Yeah, Carlos Dunlop. Yeah, I mean throwing the shoe. Come on, man, you're a veteran, man. And uh, DK, he got a, a penalty, and I understand his frustration. He's a talented guy. He's got guys barking at him, and they're in his ear. Uh, he's not getting the ball. It's the same thing last year. They're playing the cover two, and we hired a defensive, uh, offensive coordinator who's supposed to remedy everything. Uh, he's supposed to fix that. Uh, you know, the reason why we lost in the playoffs to the Rams, he was supposed to have the solution. But it seems like the same song yesterday, man. Same song we've been doing. But the, 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 my solution is play your best guys. Um, I was at the, um, the New Orleans game, and uh, – the running back, Rashad Penny, he doesn't want it anymore, man. He does not want it. He may be healthy. He may be something going on in his head, but you got to want it. He does not want. He does not want to run through that line, and and, and he doesn't. He's afraid of contact. Uh, so play your best guys. And, and right now, our best guys are um, um, what's his, the, the, the kid that we drafted? Uh, what's his name? Uh, DJ Dallas. Yeah, yeah the, the, the best guy is Alex Collins. And, uh, well, of course the best guy is Alex Collins, but I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about the secondary. Yeah. I mean, Alex Collins, D.J. Dallas, and uh, Travis Homer. Well, every time Homer gets in there, he busts, uh, busts through the line. He don't always hit the, 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 the right hole, but he, he gives the maximum effort. you gotta, you got to reward that. you got to play your best guys. And on the defensive line, play Daryl Taylor. Play Alton Robinson. But Rasheem Green, those are the guys that you got to – the old guys that, that, that aren't producing, um, you got you to set them aside, man. You got to play. If you're going to lose, lose with the, with the up-and-coming guys. I mean, there's some veterans, man, that I don't know what the heck they're doing, but right now they're not producing, man. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they've, and the time is running out. They've got to start producing because if they lose tomorrow, things are in bad shape. Yep. Um, I'm got, I gotta go. I gotta keep it short. I gotta go. But I was telling your producer, I gotta pick up a new puppy. New puppy. Oh, there you go. A boxer. And um, me and uh, my wife went to go pick up my grandson, and we're gonna go uh, bring this new dog home. There you go. Yep. We'll hey, you have that. a good day. Great. Uh, I'll be at the game on Sunday. Go Hawks, brother. Okay, let's go to Johnny in Port Orchard. Hey, Johnny. Hey, how are you, John? Good. How are you? I am wonderful. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and Pat. 
Hey, I was wondering, why is Dave Brown, with his 60-plus interceptions, not in the Hall of Fame? And is there any chance that the Legends Committee can get him in there? Pretty doubtful. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, because as good as he was, and certainly, I mean, he was one of the great uh, players uh, in Seahawk history as far as, you know, what he did at cornerback. But, I mean, believe me, it's just hard to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, I don't know if it was a matter of not enough Pro Bowls. Because remember, it's like, I was like, uh, his his wife is one of our neighbors. And she's one of the nicest people in the world. And then, uh, you know, I covered him both when he was drafted with the Steelers and when he came here to Seattle. So it's like I have a big history with him. And, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is that, uh, you know, you can't get everybody into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's tough. Yeah, he's a very, very nice man. Oh, he was great. uh, Yeah, and I had one other uh, comment I wanted to make. And uh, did you know that Steve Rabel played in the famous Rudy Rudiger game against Notre Dame? I did not. uh, I was watching a video on YouTube, and uh, the announcer goes, and Steve Rabel, wide right. And I'm like, wow, I did not know that. Huh. I thought that was pretty cool. That is great. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you. A longtime fan. First time I've been able to call. And uh, I really appreciate uh, all the hard work you've done, especially here in Seattle. And uh, keep it up. Hey, thank you very much, Johnny. Thanks so much. All right, brothers. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Dave Grosby joining us at 1030. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jason in Puyallup. Hey, Jason. Hey, John. How you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm a little disappointed in the Seahawks. Just a little. Uh-huh. Um, I've been meaning to call you up for a couple weeks. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to figure out why this team is so bad. And to one of your callers' previous points about the draft picks, the reason that the answer to that is that we don't have the uh, Scott McLuhan part scouting department anymore when it comes to drafting. But I'm trying to figure out here how to save Pete Carroll's job because I look at Ken Jr. and it's Mm -hmm. like the man has a fundamental misunderstanding of the players that's in his roster because we don't have the type of players that are needed to run a four, three, where it should be running a three, four. And yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't like thing. that. I mean, again, it's like a, you know, a three, four, I, I'm not a big three, four guy and you know, his philosophy all through his career is to run a four, three, but say what you want. I mean, they're doing some three, four type of experiments because, I mean, you can see them, you know, having, uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap and defensive linemen drop back in coverage. And that's not a four, three because four, three defensive ends don't drop back in coverage. So they are doing a few hybrid type of things, just not a lot. But I think that changing it to a three, four defense would be a disaster. Well, see, this is where I disagree with you because the thing is, if I'm doing that, I'm moving Jamal Adams back into into a middle linebacker to make him a box safety where he actually does what he's good at, uh-huh. which is blitzing up there and taking away the middle like Cam Chancellor. But his ability to coverage uh, the deep routes like Earl Thomas used to do is not good. 
And I personally like Ryan Neal back there because he has a better ball awareness. He just can't chase from the middle back where he's at with the nickel corner right now when they brought him in on the dime package or the nickel package. And then I'm really tired of watching Benson Mayowa try to cover a running back on a on a hook route or on a flat. And watching him let him the running back get twenty five yards. Yeah, but see that that, that 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 goes back to your uh, your idea of going to a three four. If Vincent Mayo is dropping back into coverage, then that's a, that's a hybrid. Well, in my three four, Benson Mayo won't be playing, so that's the oh, difference. Okay. Like, we 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 have different. Like to me, the linebacking core on a three four is going to be Bobby uh, Taylor, uh, Brooks, and Adams. Mm-hmm. And then I'm leaving people like. But there's not Ford enough. But there's not enough. Poon. There's not enough linebackers on the roster to be able to handle that. I mean, you know, in other words, if you're going to be running a three-four, you probably need to have you know eight or nine linebackers. And this team doesn't have eight or nine linebackers. No, but we have in the dirt defensive ends that have done better on standing up than they've been in the dirt. Like Alton Robinson would be better on an outside linebacker than he would be oh, on Ken I, Norton. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I, I mean, I'm just. I, I I I don't I don't buy it. Well, I mean, because the thing is, is this team this team has good players. I personally, I think they would be better in that formation. But I also think that why in the world would we kept Ken Norton through this year when he, he's just obviously terrible at defense? And then this is the same guy that when he got fired out of Oakland, mm-hmm. went, "Hey, let's bring him in to replace the defensive coordinator we already had." And then he has a terrible beginning of the last season, but somehow he, he didn't get, he didn't get fired, by the way. No, he didn't get fired, by the way. He left to come here. He didn't get fired. When, no, no, he got fired midseason because he was getting fired under Jack Del Rio's crew. Oh, okay. Because it was the last year that Del Rio was there, and he got fired as a sacrifice okay. to try to save Del Rio's job. Uh-huh. So, but what I'm saying is, is I just, I, it brings me back to where I'm questioning, is Pete Carroll – does Pete Carroll need to go because some of his administrative decisions have made me question? Well, you sound like Colin Coward now. You're sounding like Colin Coward. No, he doesn't need to go. Please don't, please don't say that. I hate that dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But that, yeah, but again, when you, when you make a statement like that, now you sound like Colin Coward. You don't think that it's Pete's job as the, president of football operations to identify because i mean he has more power than john they won, so they like, won 12 games last year the season's not over and they yet could have won more they could have won more when ken norton wasn't given up a record-setting amount of yardage in the beginning half of the season which he uh-huh. continued on this season like he's he just not he's not a good defensive coordinator that i mean we're in agreement with that correct well i mean i'll, I'll stick by him but again if i if it continues the way it had been at the beginning of the season, I mean, there'll be a change at the end of the year. There's no question. I mean, do you really want to go through a third season where we start off with Ken Norton rushing or another defense that's just giving up mile or well, who, who's going who's, who's, who's to take over? <clears throat> if if you do something this year, who's going to take over as defensive coordinator? Well, I would give you, it to no, Clint Hurd, the what's, the, what, what's the what's the answer? Well, I would give it to Clint Hurt, but at least getting rid of Norton shows me that you're at least trying to fix the problem as opposed to ignoring it completely. Yeah. No. And then in the beginning of next year, I would go look for Jim Schwartz out of Tennessee 
since he's a defensive assistant and try yeah. to pull him over as the defensive coordinator. I could see that being a possibility. I can also see, you know, Gus Bradley, you know, possibly coming up from uh, the, the Raiders because, you know, they're going to obviously shake up everything down there with John Gruden gone. And so you figure that that could be a possibility because he's been here and he's a good defensive coordinator. You know, that could be a possibility. Schwartz would be a very good hire. Because, again, you know, he runs that uh, 4-3 defense. It's the wide nine and all that stuff. It fits what Pete Carroll likes. And, again, it's a 4-3 defense. Right, and I agree. But I just I think the personnel they have right now does not run for a 4-3. It runs for a 3-4. Uh, and I, if he wants uh, to say that, then he needs to switch the people he's I, got. Like. I could not disagree more. Again, I, re- I respect your opinion on it, but I could not disagree more. Well, that's why I like you, John. You tell me what it is. Yeah, because, again, it's like you, know, you, you can't make uh, defensive end linebackers. Uh, these are all defensive ends. And so now you want to make them all linebackers? Come on. That doesn't work. No, I just want to make the guys who are the outside pass rushing specialists that mm-hmm. are the defensive ends go back to pass rushing. Yeah. Or, like, you, to put them in a position where they can actually do what they're good at. Because right now I can't tell what his theme is. Like, with Gus Bradley, you knew that it was – the focus of the defense was on the the state or on the DBs right. in order to give time for the pass rushers to get sacks. With mm-hmm. with Dan Quinn, it was the complete opposite. With Ken Norton, it seems to be linebackers do everything, and which doesn't make sense in a four three because you have three of them. Yeah, but they only play. They, they, we'll they, they, only play they only play pretty much two linebackers. Cody Barton has been either hurt or not playing, and so uh, you know now they'll do a little bit more. I mean, maybe what you're, one of the th- things that you mentioned is that maybe moving Jamal Adams to linebacker wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, I think that could, that could be something that can work, but again, it's like they only use two linebackers for the most part. Yeah. Mostly because they don't have anybody else to fill out those roles that can do well, anything. Yeah. But again, it's like, you, like you, you want, yeah, it's like, and you want to move to a three, four defense and there's not enough linebackers that you admit. No, I agree, but that doesn't mean I can't switch out a I can't switch out a guy like Alton Robinson and get him out of get his hand out of the dirt to pick him make him a stand up pass rusher on the outside. He's a defensive end. I can do the end. same thing with Darrell Taylor. He's a defensive end. You don't think he'd do better if he was just no pass, if he no rushing the passer? Uh, I mean, he, ru- he rushes the passer okay, he's a, but he's not a linebacker. I don't want him as a I'm. No, you, you want to switch to you, you want to you want to switch to a three four, and you got to fill out four right. linebacker spots and four backup spots. They don't have that. It's a four three defense. They don't have any pass rushers on the four three right now uh, for defensive end. Who's in the actual? Who, no, legitimately, who's a who's a who's a guy that's in his prime that can actually pass rush on that four three right now on well, the defense? I mean, Daryl Taylor looks pretty good. Uh, they're getting some but good he's stuff still out of team. Huh? He's in his well, second I mean, he's year. Still, he hasn't gotten his prime. He's still he's still developing. Well. Yeah, I agree. Darrell Taylor's still developing. Hey, so, uh, yeah, I was like, but I mean, J- Jason, Jason, I couldn't disagree with you more. Okay, well, that's what I like about you, Don. John, you tell me the truth. So okay. have a good day. All right, thanks. Let's go to uh, Risco in Washington. Hey, Risco. I'm not on the air. You, you, yes, you are. You're on the air, Risco. Risco. Hello. Yeah, you're on the air. Okay, sorry. Yes, you're so, on the air. John, I have a question right here for we you. We love right you, now. John. Thank you. Um, will Kyler Murray play against the Seahawks? Uh, I think he will, but I can't guarantee it. It's a game time decision. 
he missed some time in practice. He did a little bit of stuff yesterday, but uh, there's no guarantee right now that he is going to be able to play. So should I start Russell Wilson in my fantasy league? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, talent-wise, he's one of the best in football. And, I mean, I can't imagine him playing as bad as he did last week. I think that uh, he'll get better. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it still may take another week or two for him to get back into rhythm. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't think I'd get rid of him because he's too talented of a quarterback. But my backup's Joe Burrow. Yeah. So... Would I, would you might, you might, you might, you might want to play Burrow for a week or two, but at some point you got to go back to Russell. And my opinion is, do you think they should fire um, their offensive coordinator? Because I think no, no, absolutely, nobody should be fired. I mean, oh. it's like, yeah, it's like I, 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 I mean, you know, what you, you you're going to fire uh, Shane Waldron because he didn't have Russell Wilson at quarterback for three weeks. You went to a backup quarterback. Anyways, let's put it this way. How did the New Orleans Saints do the last two weeks without uh, Jameis Winston? They lost. You're going to fire uh, Sean Payton? You're going to fire uh, the offensive coordinator? No. Okay, thank you, John. Okay, Risco. Hey, thanks. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Eric in Everett. Hey, Eric. Hey, John. Hey. Uh, it's been a tough season. Yeah, it has been. Uh, I agree. For the Hawks, man. But I'm not, I'm not about everybody else, uh, you know, on the bandwagon of firing all these coaches oh. and trading Russell. And it just seems like an overreaction for half of the season, you know? I agree 100%. My question for you, though, is looking towards the, the future. Well, one second, because I think we just signed Chris Carson recently. Was that – what are the details on that? Uh, two years at, uh, uh, at $10.4, $5.2 a year. No guarantees okay. in the second year of his contract. Does that mean they can cut him? Uh, well, it depends on how he is physically, because again, you know, they, uh, it'd be a little bit more difficult to, well, yeah, yeah, I guess you can, because again, you know, he's having the surgery on his neck. We don't know when he's going to be, and, and he doesn't have an injury guarantee on his contract. So technically, I guess after the season, they can cut him. Is this the type of injury that you can come back from bigger and better? Or is the, you know, neck injuries obviously are it's, always it's scary. I think it's going to be tough. I mean, it's like there, I don't think there's any guarantees whatsoever. It's a shame because he's he's always been a great back, done remarkable things. I remember oh, I a few years ago, maybe in Carolina, where he did like a complete flip, mm-hmm. landed it, and still tried to gain like two or three yards. So um, just, you know, availability has been an issue for him. Without him, I mean, obviously, Richard Penny's not coming back. Right. Uh, Alex Collins, I think, is on a one-year deal. He is. Um, we've got uh, DJ Dallas maybe on his rookie deal still. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we retool uh, coming up here? You know, obviously, running back's uh, a big focal point in Pete Carroll's offense, but we've also got issues along the offensive line, whether or not Dwayne Brown can stick around much longer we're going to need an eventual replacement um and then defensive line obviously will have some some uh, uh fill, holds to fill there as well so looking forward into next year um what can we do to fill those holes well draft simple as that 
you know, because, uh, you know, if you end up uh, trying to uh, draft somebody, it's like, uh, you know, because, again, you can get somebody second round, third round, fourth round, like in the case of Chris Carson, you know, they got him in the seventh round. And so right. it's like, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you can, you know, get good running backs at all phases. I mean, look at James Robinson, you know, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they, uh, you know, he was out there and, uh, you know, he, he was undrafted and has done such a good job for Jacksonville. Now he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. But in the end, it's like, uh, you know, you've got to, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll need to do something if uh, Carson has a question whether he's going to be back or not. Mm. Well, I think we can still trust in Pete. I think he's put together quite the program. Mm-hmm. You know, his win forever philosophy, I feel like people forget about that during tough times like this season. Um, but we're not used to it here in Seattle. We've kind of been spoiled with all the wins Russell and, and Pete have brought us over the last decade or yeah. so. Um, so the overreaction doesn't surprise me. No, but um, it's, it's, it is an overreaction, there's no doubt. It is. It's a shame, too. Um, for the rest of this year, I mean, how many winnable games do you foresee us finishing with? Well, I mean, I think they can still get to nine if they can win tomorrow's game against Arizona because, I mean, you look, I mean, uh, they're a better team right now than Washington, uh, Detroit, Chicago, and Houston. So that's four wins. Sure. That gets them to seven. And then, of course, uh, you go 2-2 two, two in the division. You know, that gets you to nine, and that can probably get you the last wild card seed. And I think that... Um, there's a shot, you know, like, yeah. uh, I always tend to believe I try to, to remain positive. Like Pete always says, yeah. you know, the constant belief that something good is going to happen in the next moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I felt that way even in those games with Gino. Yeah. Um, stay well, patient. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, John, I was, I'm playing the pickup flag football at Inglemore high school Saturdays at 10 AM. So okay. you're more than welcome to join us anytime. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, okay, Eric. Uh, let's go to Joseph in Tacoma. Hey, Joseph. Morning, John. Big time fan. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so, got a statement for you. Now, it's going to sound a bit hot takeish, but if you bear with me for just sure. a second. So, I'm looking at the Seahawks' current roster. Right. And I can't help but think that they're heading towards a Houston Texans situation. Mm. Not from a franchise, not from the you know the hot mess franchise standpoint, but from like so. If I'm Deshaun Watson, you take his you know legal issues out of it, right? If you were going into Week One, and you look back two years ago, the whole team has been dismantled. You know, either either they've left or they've been traded, and you know they haven't drafted well. Right. Well, I'm looking at the Seahawks' current roster, and if I'm Russell Wilson. You're looking at going into an off season where you need tight ends again for the third consecutive year. What do you? Uh, why, why, do, why do they need a tight end? They well, got Will Disley. They got Will well, Disley, and they've got uh, Gerald Everett. Well, Everett's on a one-year deal, and his right. uh, rookie contract is up. They didn't okay. give him the fifth-year option, so they have to. Well, you, 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 their, you, he wasn't a first-round pick. You can't give him the fifth-year option. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, but I mean, you know, just from a from a uh, you know from an, an entire roster here, that I means the Seahawks are looking to have to having yep. to replace. Well, the, the, let's put it this way: the league average right now for unrestricted free agents whose contracts are up at the end of this year is twenty twenty point three. Seattle has about seventeen or eighteen. They're they're less than the average. 
certainly they've got a lot of work to do. There's no question about that. We can't argue and debate that. But again, it's like they do have a few less than the average in the league. Well, 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 what I was looking at is it's not their their, uh, total number of players, but Mm -hmm. it's the it's the, the total number of their starters that are going to all be leaving or on their or are or are on one year deals. Yeah. So they so they're having to replace I think if you look at from offense and from a defensive standpoint, mm-hmm. like seventy percent of of their starters that, that's that would, a massive that's, turnover. That, 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 those numbers don't act, add up. That's not correct. Well I mean it, it, it's not it's not seventy exactly percent it's not seventy percent of their starters. It's okay, not. so so if, if you're you know Pete and John, and, yeah. and you know that you're looking at a large portion of your current you know team that are on you know one year mm-hmm. deals or or the rookie contracts are are up, like in the case of uh, Penny Disley, mm-hmm. those guys. Where do you think the Seahawks' first uh, point of emphasis? Is going to be going into next season. Offensive, I think offensive line, but and, that and then running back. There. That the uh, now the running back part, I uh, agree with you. But the offensive line, they've never seemed to make that a priority, though. So why why would you say offensive line? Because I mean, uh, Dwayne Brown's in the last year of his contract, and he's getting older. You get to get the left tackle of the future. I mean, you know, do you, do you think they made a good move on Gabe Jackson, who's on a multi-year contract? What about Damian Lewis, who uh, you know was one of the best rookie guards last year? Is now, 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 speaking of that, I got a, a slightly uh, off question about that note. Um, the, so Damian Lewis, to me, seemed to be play better when he was on the right side mm-hmm. last season as opposed to this season. And I know it's uh, you may you may be right on that. So and and I know Gabe Jackson spent the first couple of years of his career playing on the left side. So do you think possibly this offseason did the Seahawks look at maybe transitioning back? They could. They might, but I, I think I think they like it as it is right now. But uh, you know, but that that can be a consideration. I mean, I I, I would consider that because yeah. if Dwayne Brown decides to move on or if he decides to retire, then they have to find a new left tackle, and it seemed to me that it would be for uh, from a protection standpoint that you would yeah. prefer the more veteran player to be on the left hand side while you're working in the new left tackle. Yeah, but of course, I mean, in the case of Damian, that'll be his third year, so he's almost, he almost is at that veteran stage. Okay, and my last question for you, yeah. John. So, I, I'm aware that the Seahawks don't have a first-round draft pick. Right. Now, the one thing that no one has mentioned, that the one bonus about the Seahawks record this season not being as high as, you know, as good as, as it has been, and my understanding of the draft is that they're draft pick for the second, third, fourth, and so forth, all those picks will be higher per round on average than they have been. They'll be in the top uh, 10 to 12 if they continue with the record that they currently have. So, yeah, they will be higher in what would be a better draft. Okay, so then so you said that the, that the Seahawks would, should focus on their offensive line first and foremost. So right. do you think Because, I mean, three, three, use... three starters are up. Yeah, okay, so do you think that they should use their earlier second-round draft pick next season on maybe that Dwayne Brown 
yeah. replacement. I would think so, sure. I mean, because wouldn't that be the highest second-round draft pick that they've theoretically have had over the previous, like, five or six seasons? Oh, uh, probably about eight or nine seasons. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. So, yeah, no doubt. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.